0: Okay, hello, and le- welcome to the latest edition of Getting There, School News conversations with uh, school district tech directors uh, talking about how their districts are responding to the pandemic. My name is Kevin Hogan. I'm editor-at-large for eSchool News, and this morning we have uh, Frank Polera with us. He is a tech director uh, in southern New Jersey. Frank, how are you?
1: Good. How are you doing, Kevin?
0: Good. I guess maybe if we start off, you could t- tell us a little bit about your district, the size, and talk a little bit about where you are in this uh madness
1: <laughs> sure sure um so we're a, a k pre-k to eight district in southern uh new jersey atlanta county uh, we feed to a regional high school we have about 830 students total um we are uh well we're one-to-one now as a district <laughs> uh, obviously and uh we are working through that newness because uh you know, one of the things that we had to do to pivot was look at going full one-to-one, not in a normal progression like a district would, but as a full-blown, let's go, let's do it kind of progression. So, um, you know, we're there with that. And I think looking at and hearing and talking to a lot of different tech directors around the country, we're all dealing with the same types of issues, you know, making sure we support not only the students, the teachers, the admin, but now we're also pivoting into supporting people at home. Um, so that's a big new, I guess the word now is new normal for us, but uh, you know, we're doing our best to help everybody. And um, you know, it, it's great being able to help the parents uh, at home, but the challenge also is everybody's set up so different. It's not like you're just working at school and you know exactly how things are set up.
0: Right. So, uh, right.
1: You know, that's where we kind of are right now.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, it, you know, back in the spring when I started to have these conversations, uh, no one was really talking about uh, their state assessments anymore. <laughs> no no one was talking about uh, even learning loss. I mean, there were worries about it, but it really seemed like the number one thing was to make a connection with the student. And then by extension, the family, and in a lot of ways, the schools kind of became community centers almost for yeah. kind of bringing folks together. Is that the experience that you have?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know when we first, you know, over the summer, our uh, our admin team, we, you know, we kind of called it the, the uh, like the bunker. We were in this one big room, all socially distanced, obviously, and, uh, you know, trying to come up with a plan. And our, our one thing that was the most important for us right off the bat was the social, emotional well-being of our students and our staff and to make that a priority, you know, really see where they are. Because you, you can't learn if you're not in the right frame of mind. Right. You can't work if you're not in the right frame of mind. So we wanted to really make sure that we had um, not only resources, but when the staff came in, um, we actually flipped our PD where we took some of the PD from the school year. And we pulled it back and put it, we front loaded it in the beginning of the school year. So we really gave our staff not just time to prepare, but also um People that brought people in to talk to them and help them out, um, you know, getting ready for this this type of teaching and also preparing themselves uh, social and emotionally for it, too, because it's it's a whole different type of stress.
0: Right. Right. And so, again, when you found the spring. All they want to do is to make the connections mm-hmm. um, now going into the fall, though, I mean, it seems that the strategies now are like, you know, we have to kind of get entrenched here. Yes. and make and make this work right yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, so are you fully remote or are you hybrid tell us what your what your circumstances are so
1: we're a hybrid we have um basically we have three cohorts so we have a, a one cohort that comes on monday and tuesday full day uh, then we have on wednesday everyone's virtual um also we have an all virtual cohort we did give the parents the option for their kids to just be all virtual and then thursday friday we have Um, the third cohort which um they come into school so there's that that juggling that balancing act with the staff like a lot of schools are doing okay we've got we know the kids are coming in monday tuesday thursday friday but we also have these kids that aren't coming in at all so that's been a big balancing act for them and um you know it's it's something that teachers are very creative and they've come up with some very creative ways of working around it um and trying to make those connections, like you said, uh, not just you know we're, we're talking we're on flat planes. we're not really in a three-dimensional world too much anymore. so um, given them project-based things where they have those three-dimensional things they can grab onto and work on at home when they're not here and, and both carry over um, when they're here or if they're all virtual. so its uh, it, it is a balancing act for sure
0: yeah so uh, two, two of the uh, the new phrases from from 2020 include the idea of synchronous versus asynchronous mm-hmm. learning right and uh, it seemed like that first two or three weeks it was all asynchronous uh-huh. and then it became all or it, it was it was asynchronous first right you hear do the, do the worksheets, emails the worksheets, and then it became synchronous to the point where kids were on the zoom from seven to four and now now it kind of seems to be back and forth a little bit Do you have experiments with that and do you have like a ratio of the the amount of screen time that your kids are using
1: yeah so when we first went out in march you know we knew we needed time to prepare because it was just like flip the switch so we did the packet thing we sent home work to do gave us time and then basically um we had the teachers you know working on things where we did not require like being online all day we said look you've got to design this so the kids aren't standing in front of the computer all day or sitting in front of the computer all day and you know have check-ins flip your lessons if you can um you know do the best you can we even told the parents and kids look when we handed them their computers we don't want you on this all day the expectation is not we gave them some guidelines you know try to have x number of hours per day for all your your classes. And we let the teachers work together in in their grade level teams to try to work through that. Fortunately, we're a smaller district. So it's a little easier, giant districts, I'm sure they have a whole different model. But that's the way, you know, we try to do the best we could. And still now, taking that a step further. Now, you know, you've got your feet wet into this. Um, We have to look at it as that blended learning model. and, And with the mindset of we're going to be teaching like this, no matter when this is over. From now on, you you have to be able to do this because the kids are going to learn this way in the future too, and they're going to work this way. So why not be ready? Because who knows that the next thing comes down the line? We shouldn't have the excuse of when well, we're not ready, right?
0: So ready. And look, I mean, I mean, we we go back a while and have had long conversations about these things conceptually, right? Like yep. you know, yeah the one-to-one, bring your own device, you know, digital equity, all these conceptual things have just come into such stark relief right now. Um, From from what, from the sound of it, you don't think we are going to go back to a normal that, I mean, this is going to be something that is entrenched and kids are going to have their laptops at home. And.
1: I think, I think we're going to go to some state of normalcy, but yet we still have to practice In our teaching practice, this blended type learning—you know—still have some element in it, so you stay up to date. Your 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 skills are there, the kids' skills are there, because that's the other thing is like you start to see skills gaps in both the staff and the students that you didn't think were there. Yeah, that were just working, and you find okay, well, they were able to help them when they're in school, but oh gosh, when they're not at school, they don't have the skill, or they don't remember it, or the parent doesn't have it, and so those skills are things that you just need to continually stay fresh on. And there's nothing wrong with in your class, say, instead of opening to page, whatever in your textbook, open your computer and go to a Google Classroom and go to this website. And we're going to review this content just to keep it fresh and keep it moving. Yeah. You go back to the normal of whatever that's going to be.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, as a parent, I mean, I found that I just had the back to school night last week that was all virtual. And it was great. It was yeah. so much better than driving to the car, sitting in a tiny desk in the back of the classroom, waiting for it to be over, and, and handing a bunch of worksheets that I would never look at. Uh, I'm, I'm calling myself out, I guess, as, as the bed student. But I got a lot more information through the Zoom, and also interactions with the teachers. Right? I mean, I think both in the state of everyone is being empathetic to each other and and, and being flexible, but also it's a lot easier to talk to somebody. I mean, it's not a professional relationship. The parent-teacher is kind of a weird dynamic. Um, It kind of takes some of the pressure off a little bit. Uh, Have you guys had, did you have a virtual back-to-school night? Did you have? We did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So one, I mean, our elementary school, our principal there and the teachers are amazing. They actually went that whole emoji route where they created a classroom with different doors for each grade level. Cool. And basically they sent it out to the parents. Like, okay, click on... uh, you know, such and such teacher's door and it'll let you into the Google meet. So it, it made it a little bit more realistic, I guess you could say. And yeah. it went off. I mean, there was, there was complications because setting that all up and getting that working and all the nuts and bolts of it, but um, it's just trying to make it as normal, but we had good response uh, from the parents. It, it, it went pretty well. So yeah. Yeah. I think that um, trying to, I, I guess that's sort of the thing, trying to make it as, most like you're here but not <laughs> right and make it so you're accessible and you know the one word you said that I I keep resounding and keep pushing is that word empathy too is we and you see this all over I mean everything's a little tilted right now in yeah. society but
0: yeah
1: that that emp empathy piece is big because I know parents and, and I'm a parent too we want the best education for our kids. We want them to get the grade level content that they deserve. And we also have to remember and pull back and empathize with the teachers because, well, they've got kids at home too. Some of them might have kids that are all virtual. Maybe they have to go. Now they have to quarantine because they got exposed. So now they're worried about their class, their kid at home, teaching their class. So we all have to have some empathy for each other, knowing we're all in this together. And, you know, I know people want what they want for their kid, and that's your kid, that's okay. but. Uh, I think if we just remember that, it's it's really important that we're all in it together and we have to empathize for all our different situations.
0: Yeah. Well, now it looks to me like you're in the office. Are have yeah. the teach Are the teachers in the building teaching? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Talk. It, um, that kind of generally seems to have uh, made an improvement in the in the quality of the the dynamic between students. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So um, you know we have them here, obviously. Um, We go through the screening, everyone's good screen. We have, depending on the classroom, you know, obviously um, for regular ed classrooms, what we've done is we've rotated the teachers in and out of the classrooms, opposed to the students. We did the social distancing with the masks. We didn't really set up, uh, you know, the plexiglass barriers, per se. We're giving the kids mask breaks. I look out my window that's here to my right and, you know, see the teachers just, kids are just going out for a walk. They get that break, kind of get that mask off. Um, For some of the um, special ed class, special needs kids, um, you know, we've looked at the shields. We've had the teachers in there with the aides. Obviously, it's a different thing trying to keep it on. Face shields are big. Um, You know, some of the things I didn't think of, you know, a a speech teacher says, well, they have to see my mouth. Right. You're Right. So, you know, do we get clear masks? Do we go with the face shield? So, Having them in here makes a huge difference, but there's little nuances that you have yeah. to keep in mind. You know, you, you've you got to see my lips if I'm trying to show you how to pronounce something or if there's a, uh, a, a hearing issue or something like that. So, yeah, so having the teachers in and the kids in, it does. And, you know, the theme throughout with the teachers, like, I just want to get back. I miss my kids. I miss the kids. They really, honestly, truly miss having a whole classroom for kids in front of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and one of the reasons I wanted to get in touch with you uh, specifically because, you know, we've talked in the past about uh, your work in the maker space mm-hmm. and, the, and the 3D printing and doing some yeah. really cool shop class um, yeah. stuff. How has that been affected? I, I assume it has. Uh, and uh, how are you dealing with that?
1: So fortunately, I mean, we have a great teacher in there um, and she's a great example. It's a she, you don't see too many women in STEM, so that's another plus. Great young teacher brought some really great ideas. Um, she was new last year. Did a great job doing a lot with the maker space. Some really innovative stuff. And um, now that we've pivoted into this blended environment, she's she's come to me. Fortunately, we speak the same language. Being a former shop teacher myself, um, and we've we've worked through things. You know, looking at um, programs that they can use at home um, on their Chromebook and, and both here um, to do their designing. So Mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, you flip it. Okay. I'm going to show you how to use this. We're going to design, bring these designs back. Um, we'll do some of that 3d printing. When we get back, we have our CNC mill. So she's, she's adapting that. Um, some of the programs she uses, thank goodness. Um, like one of her programs that she uses, she does car design well, that's all done. The aerodynamic piece of it is all done through an online program. So she's able to actually continue with that. So, you know, she's been very good about being creative in it. And it it's been affected a little bit because, you know, she's got a shop. So a lot of the teachers are like on a cart now because we don't want to move the kids too much. So we still have to move the kids down there.
0: Oh, uh, okay. And, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: And you know, she's a lot of questions, you know clean my tools. I've got a, you know, how do I clean my my little bits, electronic sets. So we look them up together. Yeah, you can wipe them down. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Turns so,
0: out you can, yeah.
1: Yeah, it turns out you can. So we, you know, thank goodness little bits put their that stuff on their website, you know, that info on there. So she's been doing really great. She's been still doing her designing and, and that whole design uh, process. And again, with the empathy piece in there, that they were designing an app. For, um, they got accepted to New Jersey's, it's called the Steam Tank Competition, sort of like Shark Tank. Yeah. And her team got um, brought into that, they got accepted and they were designing an app, using uh, sensors and different things about how to teach kids to do CPR. And they gamified it. So that's something they can still continue working on. Yeah. And yeah. she's been creative with being able to design lessons that still give you those experiences as best you can. You might be able to make that thing at home if you're not here, if you're all virtual too.
0: Yeah. Now, is that, um, is that an elective class or is that something that is, uh, everybody takes?
1: Uh, no, it's, it's everybody takes it. Fortunately, we actually have um, our computer teacher at our elementary school. She sort of morphed into a STEAM teacher as well, which is great. She's doing stuff, great stuff down there. But up at fifth through eighth grade at the middle school, every kid gets it and that's what's been really great and for us is that while a lot of districts are getting rid of shop class or converting it to something where the teachers do in in the classrooms our board our district's really been committed to keeping it and saw value in it because they see how it it reaches across the curriculum yeah and and they can reinforce what the other teachers are doing no matter what subject it is
0: yeah Uh and that kind of goes into one of my other questions uh, in, a, in a big picture that I keep asking everybody, but it's, it's about assessment mm. and about how last spring, you know, again, so many years we talk about teachers worrying about teachers teaching to the test. And I know in Jersey, you know, you had to state tests and, and then all of a sudden they weren't there. And then yeah. all of a sudden there weren't SATs or ACTs uh, and they're still kind of not back together. But when you, when you look at STEM and you look at what you know, we were just talking about there, that sort of assessment doesn't work in that atmosphere anyway, right? Well, no. so, the t- so how do you do assessment of that? And how do you think that that might affect the way we assess students overall going forward?
1: Yeah, so I think it brought to light um, a couple things. I always remember through my teaching career when state assessments were over, the teachers were so much more creative in their lessons because they weren't afraid to miss something that was going to be on the test. They were doing, making videos on historical, you know, time periods and doing all kinds of inter-cross-curricular things. Well, it was almost like a sigh of relief when they said, we're not doing the testing because they're like, oh, well, you know, I know we're virtual, but we can still now, we can really get into – assessing the kids because my feeling always was which I know a lot of educators are who who's better to assess their students but the ones that are teaching them yes the state assessment gives us data points one snapshot in time it does give you some good data sure but these teachers are now looking at their assessment their formative assessment their summative assessment in different ways they're looking at it project based they're looking at at different um, portfolio based assessments looking at the whole body of work instead of that one snapshot or a couple snapshots in time. They're still doing their diagnostic assessments, so it helps inform them. But again, it's informing them to go back and help them help the kids better and then design the lessons around that and being able to differentiate their instruction to to meet their needs, opposed to going, oh, shoot, I have to get to chapter six by December 4th or we're going to be behind before the test comes up it's 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 a different thing and it also helps them in a way where let's say this year they said we're gonna do the testing and we're in this mishmash of stuff. Well I hate to say it but they it also it it says okay what what could I leave out? What could I bring in and blend it in a little differently. So it, it gives them a little it's a little harder. Yeah. It gives them a little different dynamic there too. So I'm sure it's still in the back of their mind because we haven't heard anything yet. Are we doing this or not?
0: Right, right.
1: So um, I don't know if they'll try to do something early. Yeah. You know, while everyone's still here, but that's not a good indicator of it. So I think this, again, it, it opens up a lot of avenues for the teachers to take advantage of. Any you
0: know? thoughts about um, doing micro-credentialing or, or, or badging when it comes to, the, to the, specifically to the yeah. STEM space?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I've gone to a lot of workshops. I've seen a lot of great examples of it. And I really think it's a great idea. Um, I was actually getting ready to put together a plan to do some micro credentialing in a lot of different areas. Um, I noticed, you know, over the course of March through June, when we were out, I mean, it's funny. I think I was in front of my computer all day and I was, and I'm happily to do it. And I was giving workshops to teachers and I was sending out those Friday emails with those videos and different things because I saw those needs. So I'm like, Oh, that's a great chance for ed tech um you know micro credentialing and badging for pd and also for these other subjects and and i was starting to put something together but i don't want to hit them with too much at once sure Uh, are you overwhelmed so yeah i think it's a great thing i think it's great incentive not just for the staff but for the uh, students as well yeah you know give them some incentives and and i saw a great example was you know have a little plaque outside the door and go get stickers, they're cheap. And then you go up and you know, here's the stickers on the outside of the door. So, Oh, you, you got your micro-credential in Google Classroom. Well, I need help in Google Classroom. It also helps alleviate some of the people where maybe I'll be doing a lot of the PD in that. Well, maybe I won't have to have that pressure on me and I can, you know, help more people. instead. Right. Of, so d-
0: delegate those things to other people who have already gone through it. Right?
1: Yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and it improves that collegiality aspect too, because teachers, might get together might, that might not ever collaborate, and they go, Oh, well, you do that in your curriculum? Well, gee, maybe we can do this together. So it, it opens up some, some avenues, too.
0: Yeah. Any other uh, kind of uh, bright spots? I'm, I'm always just desperate yeah. to make these conversations glass half full, right? Uh, yeah. But so, I mean, we've talked about um, teachers being able to be more creative because of uh, the lack of assessment, greater empathy uh, in, right. in, in the community, right? Enlarging yeah. the community. Uh, anything, anything else that sticks out to you as something that, um, other districts can kind of aim for and and try to take away from this, uh, you know, this disaster.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, it shines a bright spot again on people stepping up to the plate and I'm not just talking about educators, but everybody, I think all in all, everyone's going to have their frustrations. But all in all, people are just doing their best because this is just—I I know people call it the new normal. I think the best uh, name I heard for it was the weirds. We're just in the weirds. Weird. It's yeah. just—it's just a weird, weird time, and you know what happens next. You just—you're almost to a point like, okay, and and you're not to that point where you're saying, okay, where you give up. And I think this is the positive point. Like, okay. Well, we got hit with another thing. How can we make this work? You know, yeah, and that's the thing, stepping up. Like we had a discussion on, well, what do we do about substitutes if we don't have substitutes? Or if we have a teacher that has to go out and quarantine and, and is sick and can't remotely teach their lesson while a substitute's in the room, what do we do? Well, that's what we had to ask our staff to step up and maybe we can shift you around. And, and they're doing just that. I think that's the pot. People are stepping up to the plate. Kids are helping kids. Parents are helping teachers patting on the back. I mean, everywhere I I talk to everybody, people are either mad, frustrated, doing okay, or in tears. Yeah. And you just have to keep everyone's in it together. And I think that's what, what's really a bright spot is seeing like, you know, me as an IT leader, um, you know, my department's small. We're stretched really thin. But I just had a teacher email me that showed me, you know, Microsoft Office 365 was down, and we're a Google District. They're like, see? It's not just Google. They go down sometimes. <laughs> Microsoft went down, like trying to show us that encouragement. So, yeah. a yeah. little bit like that is, is yeah. just awesome. It, it really made my day. They put a help desk ticket in. They're like, this isn't a problem. See, it happens to Microsoft too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that, the, the resiliency, right? To to yeah. get it together. Yeah. I, I especially see that with well, my own kids, but just in, in their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean they're going to be so much tougher than I think our generation, yeah. uh, having gone through this, and and their resilience is something that is really uh, a positive too, right? I mean mm-hmm. you can probably see that in the district. I mean, yeah, the, the kids didn't seem to skip a beat so much as as opposed yeah, really to the parents tough. and uh, yeah. uh, you know. But
1: yeah, the hardest part is missing that missing that online meeting for class because something didn't work and there's that frustration level and what do I do? But the teachers work it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're working it out.
0: Well, Frank, I really appreciate your time. Uh, We got a lot of uh, great information and insight that I think uh, the the folks who are watching this and who will read the article, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks uh, can take away from. So so thanks again.
1: Thank you. Anytime, Kevin.
0: All right. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for watching and hope you get into uh, another episode of Getting There.